0: Welcome to the Next Up Podcast. On today's episode, we have Stephanie Giannini, the Director of Food and Nutrition Services at Marcourt School District 15 in the Chicagoland area. And she's also the owner of iBody, where her mission is to inspire and cultivate every individual's identity and development as a leader through public speaking, consulting, and content creation. Along with Stephanie, we have Sandy Voss, the Director of Food and Nutrition Services at Arlington Heights School District 25, also in the Chicagoland area. Stephanie and Sandy have a special relationship in that Sandy used to be Stephanie's director before her move to Arlington Heights, which opened the door for Stephanie's promotion at Marquardt 15. In this episode, we'll talk about their relationship, what it takes to lead successfully in today's society, and how to hire and develop future leaders. I hope you enjoy. So we are here in West Palm Beach at NLC poolside in what has turned out to be the next gen cabana. (laughs) We're gonna have a conversation with two of my friends. So you guys wanna kind of go around the circle and say who you are. I did a brief intro already, but let's just, I wanna hear it from you. So Stephanie.
1: Well, I'm Stephanie Janini. I'm a director in Illinois for Marquardt School District 15, and I also do a lot of leadership development training and consulting, and I've been in the industry now for a little over six years, and I've just learned so much and grown because of it.
0: So leadership development and consulting, tell me more about that.
1: So anyone who knows me knows my passion truly is people, leadership development. I Through this field, I found that passion. It wasn't something that I grew up thinking, oh, I want to be doing something along with leadership development, but um, I started speaking at my state conferences and then national, and then I went on to get my master's in organizational leadership and learning, which has really just grown my passion. So just constantly trying to find opportunities to train people in public speak and uh, different avenues of leadership and personal development.
0: So I would imagine that you had a particular leader in your life that maybe acted as a mentor that helped you grow into this passion, right?
1: Yes, and she's actually sitting across she's, from she me. to be sitting
0: right here. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so Sandy Voss, how are you doing?
2: Good. My name is Sandy Voss. I'm also mm-hmm. from Illinois, um, and I've been a director. Um, I'm going on, gosh, I think uh, 15, 16 years at, okay. in the field. Always been what I've what I've done. I fell in love with it from the moment I interned um, in my dietetics program, and um, I love giving back to students, and I just love the field in general. And you know, the sharing and the camaraderie among all you know people in the field is wonderful. So um, I'm lucky to be surrounded by very good teachers and people that mentor me back. So,
0: so when you were doing your dietetic internship or your rotation, Mm -hmm. um, was food food nutrition what you thought it was going to be or what did it kind of blow your mind
2: i think the food service aspect kind of blew my mind Um, i think at the time when i was interning um, way back um, it feels like forever ago um, it was really focused clinically right Um, more um, reactive type um, dietetics um, and i was really into preventative and how we could impact people before they got to the point of that struggle, right? Um, and so I think food service as an avenue for that, I never quite recognized until I the opportunity to intern. So um,
1: yeah, that's kind of how I discovered it and fell in love with that.
0: So. Okay. So Steph, how did you get into child nutrition?
1: So interesting story i went to college for business law and then i switched to economics and then i switched to nutrition and i wanted to become a dietitian and my counselor actually told me i was so far behind in science and that i most likely wouldn't get an internship and i remember being in tears thinking i thought you're supposed to help me and so she introduced me to food nutrition management which allowed the business courses i've already taken To apply in a world of nutrition so it's all about restaurant management and then there's a certification in um, from arizona state university specifically in child nutrition so i did that and i graduated college a semester early so i did a school nutrition specialist internship through paradise valley unified school district in arizona then i moved back home about a year working all various jobs and then i saw a position open in sandy's district and i applied and everything worked out
0: so sandy what was it about stephanie that made you hire her
1: I think um, as you, I actually was
2: interviewing a lot of young professionals uh, just by the role being an assistant director and I was in a smaller district at the time. Um, a lot of young professionals and I think her authenticity, um, her honesty, her being very uh, forthcoming in her interview process and just being herself um, is really nice and you know she's so much different than I I am personality wise. Um, also,
0: like. Give me an example. I won't be
2: offended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm, uh, I've actually become more flexible as I've gotten older, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty type A organized. Um, I like end goals. I like outcomes. I, you know, I like projects, you know, and she's um, more scattered in her thinking, but also more creative, right? So you see that when you interview people and you ask them questions and her passion comes out right away, her excitement, her enthusiasm, her energy. And I just knew I'm like, you know, that's where I, I don't always. It's harder and more challenging for me to think that way. And Mm -hmm. so it was really beneficial for me to surround myself with someone that was so different from me because it only made me better. As a director. Bounce
0: each other out. Right. Right. So how long did you both work together?
1: Six years.
0: Six years.
1: Six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely, if I were to say, like, raise me in nutrition. <laughs> because when I first started, gosh, yeah, 22 years old, fresh out of college. And she's definitely mentored me, grown me, um, given such good feedback. And I've learned so much from her. And she's also mentored me in the sense of growing me in what I'm already strong in and how to utilize that in different ways.
0: Okay, awesome. I love it. Love it. So, why are you guys here today? What's going on at National Leadership Conference?
2: So we both actually applied to um, participate in uh, the lead, um, lead, up, lead for Success training. Um, we were selected as part of the cadre trainers. Um, it's, a, it's a training developed um, by funding by the USDA through the School Nutrition Foundation. Um, And we are here being trained on the content that we have the opportunity to go around the country and train on. Um, The content is fabulous. Uh, School Nutrition Foundation um, did a wonderful job putting together applicable content that can, what's really unique about it is it reaches all levels of, uh, I shouldn't even say levels, all all different areas of school nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It could impact Um, vendors, it could impact frontline staff, it could impact directors, um, and it can impact you both in your professional and personal life. So I find it, um, the communication series is the one we are trained on and I think it'll be great.
0: Okay, so are you guys going to be training others on communication alone or other areas as well?
2: On on this module, on this module module for communication Um, and there's different classes and the states and um, the state associations or the State Board of Education need to request that training to come to their state uh, and that's how we have the opportunity to go out and speak.
0: So are these trainings that you would potentially see at a state conference?
1: Oh for sure. Yes. be or they could be separate and they can be in-person or virtual. Okay. So pretty flexible in that sense. And these are
2: really intense snippets of the online version available. So people have the opportunity, three modules have been released to go online free of charge to Mm. take these trainings. And so these are just pretty, um, intense snippets of those modules, so people have an engaging and interactive experience. Okay. Um, sharing and there's a lot of engagement, which is nice. People yeah. sharing, sharing their stories and learning from each other. So yeah, yeah.
0: So how do you guys feel about virtual trainings? I mean, that was something that people that nobody wanted to do before the pandemic, but now it's something that everybody does. Do you feel like it's easier to? It's you can obviously reach more people, but are you guys more face-to-face trainers or are you okay with doing something virtually?
1: Well, I can speak for myself. I am a face-to-face trainer. I am very expressive. I use my hands, facial expressions. I've done many trainings virtually, um, but I just don't find it the same. However, it is necessary and you can reach more people. It's flexible, but I personally prefer to train in person because I think I'm more engaging. I can read the room better. Mm -hmm. I know my audience better. But with the way that technology's gone and the experience we've now had the past two years, you can create a very meaningful, engaging um, training through technology.
0: So talking about technology, would you guys ever train in virtual reality? Like in the... <laughs> Sandy looks bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just did a
1: VR thing with what was my it? children. What, what was um,
0: it?
2: I was fighting off some, like things that were attacking me. and My husband took video of me and it was super embarrassing. I would, so I would I'm not love quite to see sure. That. I would love to see um, that. And then he Snapchatted out to everyone and I was like, oh my gosh, make <laughs> it stop, make it stop. But um, yeah, I would need to know more, but that it may sound a little stressful because you know I'm like 10 years older than uh, Stephanie, who's very good in the virtual world. Would we she have avatars?
0: Told... Yeah. Oh, she yeah. did
2: once tell me, Sandy, why are you thinking so hard about this? You just have to Google it. So she's taught <laughs> yes. me life lessons, right? You Google know? Google is your friend. And in doubt, <laughs> Google. Yeah. I know, right?
0: So we were actually looking at doing VR training and I met with the company and we really? met in virtual reality and he kind of pitched his training to me and it was really cool. Really? It was really cool. That is cool. really
1: interesting. I wouldn't have to waste time doing my hair then. No, Because you wouldn't. the avatar. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we, we ready. did a training on some random planet we went to the Eiffel Tower. We did a training um, on the pyramids or in the pyramids, like oh conference room, wow. boardroom. It was pretty cool, and you could actually um, there was a virtual whiteboard, so you were able to like write oh, on the whiteboard also. Cool. And the way the breakout sessions worked is like you would pretty much draw a circle on the ground and anybody standing in that circle was in that breakout session. So we could have multiple circles. When you want to go from session to session, you just walk pretty much from circle to circle or room to room and, and you're there.
1: That's crazy. Very interesting. It was pretty neat. Wow, yeah. okay, the future of training.
0: Yeah, and we are actually bringing, I'm tooting my own, my own horn now, we're bringing <laughs> a virtual experience to ANC this year. Really? And we'll be going to the different uh, software booths and doing a virtual vending experience. Wow,
1: yeah. this is why I'm the futuristic
2: man. I'm kind, of <laughs> bit, I'm kind of mind blown right now. I still can't get past the walking into circles, like VR. I'm, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, did, did you experience any, any sort of motion sickness or were you fine? No, I was fine. And I actually okay. do get
2: motion sickness on both and stuff so I was fine
0: okay cuz that's a big thing like VR is cool but is it gonna upset your stomach give you a headache make you yeah, dizzy right and some people just can't do it
1: you don't right. need people vomiting at your training
0: no I was <laughs> I was at home and I'm a huge nerd Sandy I don't know if you know this stuff I'm a huge nerd <laughs> and um, I had this new VR I was not try it. <laughs> <laughs> hey I own it um, I had a VR racing game and I had like the steering wheel and like the whole nine yards the seat wow. pedals all that stuff and I gave it to my wife to try because I was loving it. And she sat down, and within five seconds, she almost popped. It was
1: bad. Oh my, my god!
0: Bad. Duly oh. noted. Yeah. So some something to more. I don't know. I think extreme. It depends on. Yeah, but like a VR training or something like that, or yeah. a thing they're doing at ANC. It's. It'll be simple. Right. Really right. simple. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, you guys got to stop by and check it out. Definitely. But it's nice to see that you guys aren't against it. Like you're kind of interested because I mean the technology is not probably not there yet or we are not there yet as mm-hmm. an industry. Right. But I feel like That's where we're going in the future with all this metaverse stuff happening now. Mm -hmm. I think you have
1: to be open-minded because it's coming whether you want it to or not. Mm -hmm. So you're better off embracing it instead of being on the back end where everyone's ahead of you. And then you're just trying to catch up. However, I do think sometimes we're a little too technology heavy. And some people I know me, for example, I'm a, I learn much better in person personally now virtually might be a little bit like a virtual world might be different because Mm -hmm. it's, you're present in that sense i sometimes struggle with zoom and things like that because i just struggle with attention in that way yeah but i do think it's you know combining the two worlds is imperative because nothing nothing compares to seeing someone in person and talking to someone and connecting to somebody in person
0: yeah but vr is almost like the next best thing because you can get better than zoom and webinars Mm -hmm. and all that if Mm -hmm. you're pretend face to face so when you guys had a student chef program? Young, chef. Young, Young chef, Chefs, yeah. right. Would you ever do something like that in virtual reality? Oh my oh goodness.
2: Well, I do <laughs> think there is more of a virtual platform. There should be more of a virtual platform integrated into I agree, what we did in person. I think there's a need. Um, I guess it depends on your community and your kids too, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Ideally, when creating a program like that, it's, it's teaching kids life skills, but also teaching them uh, to work as a family dynamic and bring it back home and everything they learn, right? I mean, our goal as nutrition professionals is to help teach our, our students and then ultimately impact society in a, in a positive way, right? Yeah. Um, and so, in your, if you're in a community um, similar to what, where I used to work and where Stephanie now is, Um, really making that connection with the families, it can be difficult when there's multiple jobs or, you know, single parent households or whatever. So the idea to virtually connect the student with the family, um, would be huge, um, super beneficial, engage the parents. Um, so I could
1: see that being something. Or maybe they'd be more engaged with food safety. (laughs) yeah i feel like that's the thing Mm -hmm. that i just lose them that i can't get a pulse out of them but it might be in a virtual setting a virtual reality Mm -hmm. we can make it more engaging entertaining versus Mm -hmm. a powerpoint slide
0: yeah so how do you guys engage with your students slash guests now customers and their parents are you guys on social media do you do it primarily through email what are you guys doing
2: well i've done a total flip in districts right so i went from a district that was cep pandemic aside right and for those
0: that don't know what that is you want to explain that
2: Yeah, community eligibility um, provision or option is so basically because we have such a high level of students in the community that are already qualifying for services such as uh, SNAP or um, uh, Medicaid income-based Um, we basically, um, can apply to be a CEP district where we feed everyone at no cost. Mm-hmm. So we have that captured audience, right? We just have to build that culture and we really have that culture. And now I've switched to a district that's ten and a half percent free and reduced oh, total wow. flip. So my marketing techniques, um, totally different. And really there's been, um, just not any marketing. I think, um, the district has been beaten down so much by their their community and um, and I say beaten down is they've just challenged them in many ways right Um, and so they haven't been proactive in the past about marketing and communicating all the good stuff so it's a fun position to be in to do that Mm hmm it's just a lot of work (laughs) and getting the right messages out there that they'll respond to right now too
0: yeah so so do you have somebody on your team that's helping you with that right now or do you have to do it on your own do you empower your managers to do it What's your, um, what's your plan? Well,
2: baby steps. It's been three months. Uh, my office so staff. So it's not figured out yet? No. It's been a whole three months. So my office <laughs> staff has already been like, okay, you just need to slow down. Um, yeah. I almost had a young chef program going this summer and they're like, okay, you think you can handle all of that? And I was like, okay. So um, I got a little passionate and excited. So I've had to reel it back. Um, but yeah, I mean, menu analysis software didn't have just getting that. I mean, oh. we're really starting from baby steps, but great staff. You know, wonderful team to work with, so really I'm I'm in a good situation.
0: Yeah, I mean I love seeing how passionate profess or child, child and church professionals are because mm-hmm. I mean you guys love what you do. Yes. And I I could just see the passion like oozing from me right now. Literally literally my <laughs>
2: superintendent, our first meeting, she's like, It's okay. Just like you can reel it back. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but there's so much and it's challenge, a challenge. Yeah. So we get excited, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's it's exciting because we're coming out of a time where we had challenges in different ways, and it's mm-hmm. nice to go back to our normal challenges of
0: yeah doing sure. what we love to do. Yeah. Right? So, Steph, how do you engage with your with your district?
1: So, there's two ways. We do have our own uh, Facebook page, Instagram, and that's one way to connect more with the parents and um also our, our staff a lot of our staffs on facebook and mm-hmm. they share with it. so one thing i do love about our district is a good chunk of our staff had their kids go through this school district so they're very invested in the community it's a very small town community in the sense of everyone kind of knows everyone so it's nice because when we post they reshare they're happy to see pictures of themselves and mm-hmm. they're happy they're proud of our department so that's one way but then additionally our communications director as from the district as a whole has been phenomenal this year. Mm. So she's doing a lot of TikTok and videos. And wow. one thing I really appreciated, she made my dreams come true, is I've always wanted to have a video created of what goes on in the Central Kitchen. And she came to me and said, you know, we're going up two years on the pandemic. Is it, Could I spend a day in the kitchen yeah. filming what your team does? And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're making it happen because it's just, you say you're going to do it and then it never gets done. And so she's working on rolling that out with also a podcast that she's doing so she's she interviewed me for like 15 minutes and then she's gonna roll it out with this video of everything that goes on in the kitchen and um, so it's it's cool things like that where she also reshares what we post so that's been hugely helpful to have somebody in the district who's communicating even not on behalf of us but just everything that's going on in the district
0: that's awesome and I want to see all that whenever it's done but that's really cool because a lot of times I see that Food service is almost on like the outside of the district and there's kind of silos within school districts and their districts that like want to have their own social media mm-hmm. or want the district communications to share content mm-hmm. and they won't do it so have you guys ever experienced that within school districts
2: i'm just trying to get a logo marlon here <laughs> I mean, I, i'm just working on my department logo yeah so it just takes <laughs> communicating like mm-hmm. i feel like i could sell food and nutrition to anyone within the district they just need to know what we're about right there is no I mean everything that we can put out to the community is positive like Mm -hmm. we're local community members serving students we you know there it's happy stories so Mm -hmm. I think from a communication director standpoint like the one you have like she's able to capture a lot of positive Um, so yes I'm working on that cell I've got a logo meeting scheduled so
0: so I know the answer to this question but why do you want a logo
2: we need to brand ourselves. Um, exactly. I love branding ourselves as part of the district, but we are a small business within the district and we need to treat our students like they're our customers and um, really embody our mission and kind of be our own brand.
0: Yeah, you guys are the largest restaurant chains in your communities, mm-hmm. yes. so you gotta start acting like it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: and that's something a lot of people don't seem to really understand.
2: Well, and that's gonna be a lot of the communication back out to the community this year as we get off of um, you know, the programs we've been operating on is trying to sell meals again, and the value of those meals. And we are like a restaurant, right? You know, yeah. there is, is someone's paying for the food. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's you know, it's yeah. just rebuilding um, that messaging. Um, I think that's going to be kind of the most challenging thing as we move forward in the next year. But yeah. it's needed. It's needed. So uh, it will be
1: challenging but rewarding in the end. I'm sure. Yeah. Well,
0: gonna, oh, no, no go, go ahead.
1: No, I was to say. Uh, We had one with my a few years ago when we had Nick come in to show a day in the life of school lunch. We had um, a professional videographer come in and show the process of school lunch at the elementary level because it all stemmed from a conversation I had at a training with... this is kind of funny, but it was in a parent in one of the districts who, that we have that is a little more vocal, per mm-hmm. se. And when I found out, oh, okay, I better watch what I say because I don't <laughs> know how you feel about our programs. Yeah. And so she, you know, she was, had some comments, not necessarily anything negative, but she's like, I'll be honest. I don't know what lunch is like. I've never seen it. My kid, I don't know how to it's sell like it a to my lack of kids. information. Yeah. So I said, well, yeah. let's show them. Like, we think, you know, we have to remember parents don't usually get to see what goes on. And so we brought it in, it was a day in the life of school lunch, we had a whole script, one of the students are, was the voiceover, we interviewed That's the cool. kids. But now the problem is, is one of the schools we filmed at is completely renovated. So it's a little outdated right. in a sense. And I remember Sandy was interviewed in it, and it was a really cool process and a way to show parents and I think, you know, if we ever get the chance to redo that and update that, because that was hugely well, helpful. I think it's
2: critical because every adult can relate to a school experience, an education experience, but not every adult can relate to a lunchroom experience mm-hmm. or a cafeteria experience because it looks so different. Yes. Um, so I think it's important to allow them to visualize what their child goes through because that is... I mean, it's my own kids' favorite part of the day, right? It dictates yeah. whether they have a good day or a bad day, lunch and recess. So I think there's value in, in showing them that process mm-hmm. and you know making them aware and just informing them. Yeah. And for us as leaders to not be automatically defensive about our programs and be open to hearing what people have to say yeah. and then turning that around to be a powerful message back to mm-hmm.
0: them. Absolutely. So. so if you guys could give yourselves a piece of advice from 20 years ago. Go back in time and talk to yourself 20, 20 years ago. <laughs> I was like,
1: I was oh, well, a right, years I was okay. in third grade. 10 years. 10
0: years. All right, God. so, Steph, 10 years ago. All right, so then <laughs> you're going to go 20 for me.
1: All, all right, right,
0: that's good. Good. <laughs> Hey, well, We're the same age. Okay, all right, all right.
1: So, if I could give advice gosh, I was 18
0: years ago. That was a very
1: different You were a different person. I was an entirely different person. Yeah, you Um, were. I think if I could give myself advice is to just be open-minded and realize that you're going to discover that you're going to want to constantly involve and who you are today is not who you're going to be in five years or 10 years and that there really is no end goal of who you are as a person. You know, even just finding myself when I first started, with Sandy I was you know in a management role and I never managed people before and I remember having these thoughts and when I had to take over a kitchen because the manager broke her knee I was almost in tears someday like how am I ever going to be a director I'm not authoritative I'm not xyz Mm -hmm. and now I'm providing leadership development trainings because I realize a leader looks different for everybody because we're all evolving in different ways and have different strengths and weaknesses so if I could tell myself to just one, not take things so seriously, you're 18, you're gonna mess up, but also that you're going to evolve and become somebody that you're gonna be really proud of and, and who I'm proud of myself today, I'm gonna be totally different in five or 10 years. And that's what the, you know that's what human nature is, is to constantly evolve.
0: So what would you say are like the five characteristics of a leader?
1: Wow. Okay, five characteristics. Well, there's a leader, everyone's a leader. Everyone knows that that's my big philosophy, everyone's a leader. I think a leader has to be very self-aware. Anybody Mm -hmm. who knows my trainings, I always start off with self-awareness. You have to be self-aware. I think you have to be a well-rounded communicator and realize that you have to tailor your communication to your audience and who you're working with. I think a leader has to be empathetic and compassionate. It's hard to lead people if you have no empathy or compassion for them. I think leaders have to be flexible because that's what leading is in times of things changing. I mean, the past two years, years—did anyone anticipate this, no. And so going through a pandemic, being flexible. And I think a leader also has to n- not take themselves so seriously. That's that evolution piece. If you take yourself so seriously, you're never going to grow because you think you're exactly where you should be. You're you're at the end goal of of your development and you never are as a leader. You're always going to get thrown curveballs or work with people that you never thought you'd have to. And so um, don't take your so seriously, we're all just we're all people at the end of the day.
0: Sandy, you had your hands full with Stephanie. She is something else, right? Well, I'm learning a lot
2: right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to think those characteristics that I'm not so good at. So. I mean, I'm not great at them either. You just, but that's why we keep working at them. <laughs> but that's why that's sad that we don't work together anymore. Because I would walk out of my office and I'd be like, I'm going out to talk to one of the staff members, and she'd be like, Okay, remember to ask her about her son who had a baby and blah, blah, (laughs) because she listens very well and I'm more like all business. And I have to remind myself, I care deeply about people. I love people, but I don't retain that information because my mind goes right to the business, right? And so um, that's where, you know, having someone that's very different in personality is very beneficial to work with, so.
0: You know, I was actually talking to Jessica Shelley the other day and she was saying how she had her team do the disc assessment and they have their report or whatever sitting on the outside of their offices so like when you walk into someone's office you know how they communicate
2: that's cool yeah yeah
0: yeah so if you were gonna give yourself advice 20 years ago what would it be
2: my goodness 20 years ago I mean I think um, I think what I'd like to have known is that uh, the world is so big right like i would say now i kind of grew up in a bubble and um there's not one way is not the right way right mm-hmm. uh, being a type a personality you think you know this is the right way you know it's black or white it's this it's like the world is very gray um and it there's different ways to navigate it and don't be too hard on yourself you know yeah so um yeah i mean i just the experience is I've had in this industry have grown me so much professionally and personally Um, in meeting people from throughout the country, you know, just hearing their diverse experiences, it's really grown me a lot, so.
0: What's something you guys are excited about for the upcoming school year?
1: Well, for me, we have this brand new kitchen, our central kitchen, and I owe that all to Sandy because she designed it. (laughs) Um, I helped design it now she's got to execute it <laughs> and equipment's a little backlogged if you haven't heard. So. Yeah. yeah. And Sorry about that. It's okay. No worries. I still text her all the time, like, uh, what am I doing? So, you know, one thing that's opposite of us is she's very operationally strong and I'm more, you know, people strong. That's my, you know, that's what I enjoy. So I've had to learn a lot. Through you know taking over this big construction that's happening, but I am really excited about it because we're going to be able to do really cool things, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot more scratch cooking. We have a team that's really excited about it. So one thing that's been, I think, pleasant a pleasant surprise is that. we haven't had too many negative nancies about change you know it's a beautiful kitchen no one's been like oh it's gonna be more work it's everyone's been pretty in my opinion we'll see how the year goes once it starts but pretty positive about having you know blast chillers and all these really cool equipment that we could do really fun more scratch cooking and a whole new service area which is going to be beautiful for the kids
0: yeah I day. think
1: I'm probably most excited um, because I'm in a new position
2: or a new district is to re-engage the students into the process. I think something that we worked really hard at at the at the other district was to grow that student engagement piece. And that's challenging. There's lots mm-hmm. of layers. Um, and really, it's selling our program and why that student voice is so important. So my goal is to kind of reinvigorate the student body and get them involved. and you know and it's really a great time because um, our audience is bigger now we've had more kids eating with us right experiencing our program and so they might want to have a bigger say in what's going on yeah so it'll be kind of cool and fun yeah so So I might need some ideas for that so FYI (laughs) I'll ask you guys when I get there
0: (laughs) well I mean so as horrible as the pandemic was and COVID sucked like it was not fun right Right. But. Gave us opportunities, like you just said. Like now, you mm-hmm. have more kids that are experiencing school meals, yes. mm-hmm. and they get to see how amazing it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: I think all the time that there were, as crazy as it sounds, there was lots of good things to come out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. You can And find- you have to think that way, otherwise, yes, you're going to be a Debbie Downer your whole life. <laughs> you can
0: find opportunities. opportunity. You will not be anything. fun to
2: be around if that's all you think about. Yeah, so. definitely,
0: definitely not. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for hanging out with me yeah, in, the, was uh, fun. The in the Cabana was a nice environment. Yes. <laughs> in, in the tropical oasis in West right. Palm Beach. Right. Um, but yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for what you guys do. You guys are both rock stars. Sandy, I've been trying to sit down with you for a very long time. You can ask Stephanie. I'm always asking her about <laughs> you. <laughs> so I'm glad it finally happened. Oh, thank you.
2: Thanks and, for having um, me. It was fun.
0: Anytime, and we'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Next Up podcast. For more information on Stephanie, you can find her on Instagram using at i.v.a.t.i or www.ivadi.net. To connect with Sandy, you can find her on LinkedIn using her name. And for more podcasts, videos, and publications, please check out nextgennetwork.com or find us on social media. produced by next gen network